Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Friday, April 29th, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice. Today, Colby Olson and I, Peter Apple, we're talking hitters we like and hitters we don't like. We each have two guys who we are excited for for this season, and we also have two guys who we're thinking to ourselves, and do we believe in them for the rest of the season? This will be helpful for fantasy. These are guys you should definitely trade for, or if these guys land on our hitters we don't like, maybe thinking about moving them. Colby, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm excited to do this episode because we did a similar episode for pitchers. Two pitchers we were we liked what we saw so far, and two pitchers we didn't like what we had seen so far, maybe had some concerns. I think the fun thing is, is that was what, two weeks ago now, we've had a bigger sample size to analyze, you know, these hitters and, and see how they've made adjustments because it's just so hard to, you know, really make assumptions on hitters after 15, 20 plate appearances. Now we've, you know, we have a sample size of almost 80, 90 plate appearances for some guys. And that's enough for me to say, ooh, something is wrong with a guy or wow, we might be seeing a different guy in the box than we saw last year. Because it seems so early, right? I mean, it's only April 29th, but we really are pretty much a month through the season, more like three weeks because of the late start on April 7th. But we're it's not a ton of data, but it is enough to start asking questions and start thinking, are these guys for real or are they not? So I'm going to throw it over to you first. Who's your first hitter that you do like? My first hitter that I do like, and we liked him coming into the year as a guy that had an amazing second half last year after making a transition away from the Rays, it's Willie Adamas. He got traded to the Brewers last, last year, and after that trade, absolutely went ballistic. Coming into this year, we expected him to do a lot of the same, but the reason I'm touching on him is because he's doing it, and he might be doing it even better than he was last year. Right now, he, his WOBA is 336 right now, Peter. 118 WRC plus. Very respectable. He has four bombs. He's producing 12 runs, 12 RBIs across the board. He's really that main hitter in that Brewers lineup. But there's actually reason to believe that he could be even better. His, his ex-WOBA is 414, one of the highest in the league. His hard hit rate's higher than last year. He's hitting more balls in the air. And more of those balls that are going in the air are going over the fence this year, which is awesome to see even with a ball that we've seen is not traveling as far. Willie Adamas is continuing to produce and hit line drives and hit balls in the air and hit the ball really, really hard. I really do consider him right on the verge at this point of the top 10 in terms of fantasy shortstops. I know what you're saying. My only thing is he's not really producing a ton yet. Right now he's slashing 222, 309, 431 for a 740 OPS with four home runs and 12 driven in. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just, I'm curious that you saw something and you're thinking about this guy and saying, this guy has a ton of room to improve because he is hitting the ball hard. Would you say that he's just getting unlucky? Where do you think the production has been? Because you really like him. 
Yeah, I mean, right, like I said, 336 Woba, 414 X Woba. And while that's not like some groundbreaking analysis on Willie Adamas, it's that his approach has stayed the same from what it was last year, where you know he's walking a ton, he's hitting the ball in the air a ton. And this year, the results are there thus far to, to a degree. I wouldn't knock on a 740-750 OPS at this point in the season because we just haven't been seeing balls flying like they were. Um, and maybe that is you know something that that goes into a factor for Willie Adams not having the start to a season that you know he should. But I think we could see Willie Adams being a guy that that is a 135 WRC plus guy based on the profile, based on the way he's swinging it. He has that profile in terms of hard hit rate, in terms of uh, walk rate, 11.3% walk rate is fantastic. And a 225 average is not going to stick. He's going to be a guy that's more like 260, 270, I think. And all the expected stats would point to you being correct. So at least that's a good part. So he's a guy that we should watch because he's hitting the ball hard. It's just, we just need to see those results. And you think- I think he's a, yeah, I think he's the guy you need to go trade for now, especially because we don't look at that Brewers lineup as a disruptor, but he's hitting second in that lineup. And hitting second in that lineup, in hitting second in any lineup is still going to give you plenty of run and RBI upside. That's true. My first guy that I really like is Jock Peterson. I mean, we'll just start with the obvious that he's slashing 353, 382, 745 slugging for a 1.127 OPS for the San Francisco Giants. He's got six bombs already, and he's got 18 hits and 51 at-bats. But the reason why is it's not just because of his standard counting numbers, is the fact that he has the one of the biggest jumps in baseball in hard hit rate last year. He had around a 46-ish percent hard hit rate, actually 47.6 to be exact. This year, 61% hard hit rate. It's one of the best in baseballs, 100th percentile or better. But it's not just he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting more line drives than he's ever had. He's keeping the ball off the ground more, hitting more fly balls. My only concern is he's not walking at all. It's only a 3.6% walk rate, but he's generally around an 8% walk rate. I think that trickles up to there again. He's striking out far less actually the less since 2018 when he put up a 19.4% K rate. Now he's just striking out 20% from a 24% cut last year. I love everything that Jock Peterson is doing, especially on the Giants, a team that knows how to unlock these veterans. I feel that Jock Peterson has found a home in San Francisco and is now a legitimate outfielder who I think could hit 30 to 35 home runs this year. He's not going to hit 353, but it is interesting to note that his expected batting average right now is even higher than 353. It's 378, and his ex-WOBA is also higher than his insanely high WOBA at 485. Everything points to Jock Peterson's approach, the way he's hitting the ball. I love everything I'm seeing from this guy early, and I really think it's going to continue. The only knock that you can put on Jock Peterson is that he's a platoon guy, that he's not going to play versus lefties. And that is one knock on him. But I also think that that can can be somewhat good for his value, especially if you play in a deeper league where you don't have to play him every day. But when he's in the lineup, he's a must start because when he does face righties, he absolutely crushes them. And you're going to face righties more often. But Colby, I feel like you're short-sighted on that. He's one for three this year off lefties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's literally facing hey i think i'm out of the show at this point <laughs> you discredited me 
and, do I know analytics? He has an RBI. An RBI, Colby. Don't sleep on Jack Peterson. I know he's a platoon bat, but I love because I mean he's he's playing almost every day anyway. And the occasional lefty, he'll get the off day. Think of it as your average veteran getting an off day once or twice a week. But is he if he's giving me five games a week hitting like that, give me that every day of the week. Absolutely. Peter, I'm gonna move on to my next guy. Does a guy that's hitting 224 with one home run sound exciting to you? He has a 74 WRC plus, right? Doesn't really sound that exciting. Not even a little bit, kind of. What if I told you that this guy is the best un, best secret out there right now that you need to go trade for because somebody thinks he's washed up? I can guarantee you somebody out there thinks he's washed up. Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles. Go get this man now, Peter. Highest hard hit rate of his career, 54% hard hit rate right now. His highest of his career is 43%. He's walking the same as he has for his career. He's striking out the same, and he's hitting more balls in the air. He has a 36% line drive rate. His Woba right now, 268. His expected Woba, 394. I am telling you, this man has been a great hitter for his entire career. Back in 2019, he hit 35 home runs, had a 132 WRC+, plus, hit 291. Now, I don't know if he can do that again. But I am willing to wager that Trey Mancini down the rest of the stretch of this season is going to have a very, very fine season. 270, 280 with 20, 25 home runs. And the Baltimore Orioles lineup has not gotten it going yet. They're not scoring runs like they should. But Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, those guys are also getting unlucky too. And I don't know why that is. But once that trio gets going, Trey Mancini is going to have plenty of opportunity to drive in runs, score runs of his own, and produce in a big way for your fantasy team. And right now, I think you can get him for pennies on the dollar. I love this one. I love this one from you, Colby. Unfortunately for me, as a Yankee fan, I'm consistently watching Orioles games because it seems like the Yankees play the Orioles every other day. And there have been multiple times. Remember, this has been three or three and a half weeks so far. Multiple games this season. He hit two line drives on the button. Caught. He has been hitting the living piss out of the ball. He has a 38% line drive rate. So of all the balls he hits, 38% of them are line drives. And the hard hit rate is crazy high. This guy is just lining out to the outfield. This will change. He could have one of the best seasons of his career, I think, the way he's swinging yeah. bat right now. Yep, I think he is looking to have a season on par with what he did in 2019 down the stretch here. And remember, we're only he only has played 18 games, 75 plate appearances. Give him another 75, and he's going to be right up there with, with that 2019 season. Grab him now before he is untradeable. But my only concern, my only concern, because I do love that pick and I think he's going to bounce back, is my, he's great against lefties, another guy, but not great against righties. And he's going to face righties more often than not. His OPS against righties this year is below 500, but against lefties, it's way higher, of course. That's my only thing is, but then again, we're just- For his career though. Small holes, you're right. Yeah, I mean, for his career, 119 WRC plus versus lefties, 109 WRC plus versus righties. There is definitely a small gap there, and, and he definitely does hit lefties better. 
Um, but I don't think it's fair to say that, that, you know, he's that much worse against righties, but it is a small hole. I really just wanted to point you to that number to see what you yeah. thought about it because it is so drastic. And I wouldn't have said anything if it was like, you know, even two or 300 OPS, but when it's 500 to 600 OPS points against when you're most this season, you're saying though, it, that's way too small of a sample to, to really be accurate with split stats like that. You really got to go back to like career numbers. So for the career, I think, you know, yeah, he's a little bit less for, you know, less valuable versus righties, but not to a degree that I'm putting much weight into it. My next pick is Andrew Vaughn of the Chicago White Sox. I love everything that Andrew Vaughn has been doing for the, for that team this year on the South side of Chicago. I mean, right now, right now I'm pulling up the slash numbers. He's slashing 292, 358 on base with a 604 slugging. And he's another guy who the WOBA, you feel like it should be way higher than the ex-WOBA, but that's not actually the case. He's making a ton of quality contact. His ex-WOBA is at 446. His WOBA is at 430. Ex-batting average is even way higher, and the ex-slugging is way higher. He had a 47% hard hit rate last year, which is great. Andrew Vaughn is always a guy who's going to hit the ball hard because he has a great swing, but now it's bumped up to 56%. He's hitting everything on the button. But I, why I'm so excited for Andrew Vaughn is that, Colby, he's 24 years old. Last year was his first taste of Major League Baseball experience. He was drafted out of, the, out of Cal, Cal Berkeley, because he was such an advanced hitter. He didn't really have a position, but the bat was so advanced that they said, screw it, we're going to figure it out. Came up as a first baseman, played some left field. I mean, he shouldn't be playing left field, but he should probably be a DH or a first baseman, but they're putting him in left. He had to, you know, adjust to all these different positions as a really young player. And now he's finally adjusted and he's hitting the living piss out of the ball. And he's striking out at 15% of the time. Last year, 21.5%. So he dropped the K rate by about 6%. He's hitting way more line drives and fly balls and he's keeping the ball off the ground. But the biggest change is he's not really chasing Colby. And, but the chase contact is way up. He's just on time right now, and his swing is gorgeous. I don't think this is that surprising at all. Coming out of college, out of Cal, I thought Andrew Vaughn was the purest hitter in that draft, and I, I gave him a comp at the time to Reese Hoskins because he really is just a pure hitter through the zone, low K rate, great approach, great eye, but a shit ton of power. So much power, Peter. And I think we don't give people, give these prospects enough time to get set. I mean, COVID must've just wrecked this guy's development. He, he didn't have any plate appearances above high A. Then last year, you know, he's obviously ready for the big leagues, but he missed a whole entire year of development. And, and last year, he was really just playing catch-up. Wait, just before you continue, I want to I want to touch on that point because you said high A. And a, another guy who hasn't had much experience over high A, high A, high A is Julio Rodriguez, who's striking out near 40%. When you don't have that much experience facing double-A, triple-A pitchers, it's going to be hard for you to adjust, of course. But even in an adjustment year, Andrew Vaughn was fine. And then this year, he's proving why he was worthy of that third overall pick. Yeah, I really think Andrew Vaughn is a guy that that is going to put up just crazy J.D. Martinez-like seasons where he's kind of a liability out in the field. 
but he is so valuable at the plate that they need to find a spot for him. And he is a, a 140, 145 WRC plus guy with his current approach and, and current hard hit rate, I think, Peter. And he's he's going to hit over 30 home runs this year, Colby, and he could drive in close to 100 RBIs, and he's going to score a bunch, bunch of runs in that White Sox lineup. I love him for fantasy, too. I just think this is one of the next kind of great hitters that we have in our league. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough guy to trade for right now because his value is the highest it's ever been. But, but at the maybe, same but time, showed this before. Yeah. So you could go say, oh, you really think he's going to continue this stretch? Yeah. Maybe to your friend, your friend's like, oh, yeah, I've never really heard of Andrew Vaughn. I just kind of picked him up. Or maybe if it's a more serious league, you could still ask the same question. Do you truly think he's going to be this level? And maybe you could kind of coerce him into your fantasy trade partner and say, you know. There's also a ton of injuries out there right now. Just a quick point before I move on to, to a guy I don't like is this is a good time that a lot of pitchers are injured right now. If you're a team that has a lot of pitching depth, go to a team that, that lost a lot of pitching and say, Hey, let's make a trade. I have pitching. I want this guy like an Andrew Vaughn and you're going to give him to me because I have the leverage. It's all about leverage. A guy that doesn't have a lot of leverage right now, Peter. Joey Votto, Cincinnati Reds hall of famer. One of the best hitters I have ever seen. One of the, best approaches I've ever seen. And yet I don't know where that approach went. The Joey Votto I have watched this season is not the Joey Votto that we saw have a resurgent year last year. His highest hard hit rate of his career was last year. He looked like a rejuvenated Joey. And then the man got on TikTok and started doing TikTok dances. And I think that's where it all went wrong. Peter, he's having the highest um, swing percentage out of the zone this year, 30%. Last year was 24%. Seasons before that were below 20. 30% out of control. He's striking out 30% of the time as well. Never had anywhere close to that. He has the highest ground ball rate of his career right now. And shockingly for a guy that had a hard hit rate near 50% last year, it's cut in half. He's a 24% hard hit rate right now. I don't know why it is, but it seems like he doesn't have an approach at the plate right now. And maybe it's because the Reds are so bad and he is getting up there in age and maybe he's just checked out. But this is not the Joey Votto we've seen. And I am very, very worried that Joey Votto is not going to have a good season this year. Everything you said is correct. I am also worried. The only thing, the only thing that alleviates some of the worry is that in 2019 had a bad April. In 2021, also started a little bit slow. Not crazy slow, but if you look at his months, April was one of his worst months last year. I feel like I just need a little bit more time, but I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that we have to watch. Their approach is all over the place. It looks like a completely different player. So if something happens and he's able to reverse this and go back to what he was last year, I say, let's look at May and then let's make a decision. I just feel like it's a little early to do with Votto, but everything you're saying is correct. And I'm also a little bit nervous. He's still walking. His eye at the plate will never leave him. That's just who Joey Votto is, but he's hitting 133 right now and has, let's check it here. He's striking out almost one extra base hit. He has one extra base hit. One extra base hit. He's striking out almost 32% of the time. 
Like last year, he struck out 23% of the time. Year before that, so yeah. At this point, if you're in a 10 team, 12 team league, and there's first baseman on the waiver wire, I'm going to grab somebody else, man. The thing is, I have Votto on my fantasy team. Like Votto's, Votto was the guy who I was touting, and I, I really liked him going into this year. And I felt like other people were down on him. And, but I said to myself, it's still Joey Votto. So I'm, I'm just holding personally. Like I, this is, I, I'm holding. I, don't like what I see, but I have to hold right now because I can't trade him because then it's like I'm trading him at his lowest common denominator. And if I drop him, of course, he could just blow up again. So this is a very difficult decision. Right now, I'm, I'm holding. Hold for another 50, 75 plate appearances. See if he gets in motion a little bit. But if we're seeing the same, just no approach, Joey Votto, be worried. Well, think about it. Maybe he's not motivated. The fact that the Reds are terrible. The fact that they traded everybody away. The fact that he's 38. The fact that he's 38 years old and sometimes Mother Nature is just like, hey, we know you're amazing, but we're, 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 you're older. You always kind of worry if a guy like that is nursing an injury and just wants to be out there every day and still play, but doesn't have the same capabilities in the box that, that he should. And I think that's you know part of the reason why he's he's walking at a rate that, that he usually does, which would signal that he has an approach still, but maybe he doesn't have the power there that something, something's nagging for him. We could go on and on about this, but yeah, something's definitely, definitely wrong with Joey at the moment. And my first guy I think is different than Joey Votto clearly, because I don't know if this guy was ever that good, but I feel like now he's been touted as this great outfielder and he gets drafted in fantasy like he is, but in reality, he's, middle of the pack. That's Trent Grisham of the San Diego Padres. It's not a huge name, but what if I told you that besides 2020 in the COVID shortened year, his best OPS is 740. Like in 2019, 738. And this year, slashing 143, 260, 254. He doesn't hit the ball all that hard. He's a good defender in center. And I remember the narrative, you know, when Trent Grisham in the playoffs missed that ball, um, when they were facing the Nationals and which led to the, you know, all that ruckus and chaos with the Nationals ended up going to the World Series, that when he was traded over the Padres, that they found this steal, right? Is he a steal? Is Trent Grisham that good? Because Trent Grisham is not going to, you know, I mean, he's not going to steal you 20 bags. He's probably going to steal you 10. And if he doesn't get on base, he can't steal you 10. He's not really going to hit you any home runs. His lifetime batting average is 235. He doesn't really walk. I mean, he walks a little bit, but not a ton. He doesn't really hit for any power. And then this year, he's not doing anything. Look at the hard hit rate, Colby. 26% down from 36% last year, down from 41% in 2020. What is the allure of Trent Grisham, he puts the ball on the ground the highest of his career right now. He doesn't, he's barely hits any line drives. What is the allure of Trent Grisham? Because if he's on my team and you have an owner, maybe a fan of the San Diego Padres or someone who's just in the mindset of Trent Grisham as one of the better outfitters in baseball, I'm here to tell you, I just don't think he's even close to one of the better outfitters in baseball. No, this guy doesn't even look like a starter on a good MLB team right now. Thank you. Um, you know, I think it's a guy that, really is going to have a hard time if the ball is deflated as we've seen getting the ball out of the park because he doesn't have that high end exit velocity his max exit velocity this year is right around 108 
Last year was right around 109. In 2020, he hit one 111, but we haven't seen that. We haven't seen the power that he put up in 2020 since 2020. So at this point, I think we're kind of like remembering the good old days of Trent Grisham and the hype story about it, but I'm not hyped about Trent Grisham. And Colby, even the hype story wasn't that good. It's not like we're looking at, oh, wow, he had a 900 OPS. And, it, and that, that's how we know that he could get to there, even even if it was COVID shortened. At least you, you say through 60 games, he could do that. But no, this is an 808 OPS. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Not great. And then ever, every other season, every other game he's played outside of that COVID shortened season, it's been below average. And he's a good defender. So he's a average MLB player. But if you're looking at fantasy, if he, he's not on my team, but if he was on my team, I'm getting rid of him immediately. And I'm I mean, not Peter, asking for that much. I just give me a pitcher. Literally, it's give like me a, Alex Cobb. Like, oh, without a doubt, Cobb. man. I mean, I offer you Andrew Benintendi today instead of Trent Grisham. Who are you taking? I don't want either of them. Exactly. But the fact that you even put him in the same conversation as Andrew Benintendi is very telling, right? Padres fans, Javi, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Like, you know not I'm every. Not sorry. I'm not even sorry, Javi. I'm not even sorry. <laughs> Go ahead with your next hitter you don't like. Oh, man. Well, I came in here with one guy before the episode. Peter and I were talking. And we were talking about Chris Bryant because he's struggling out of the gate. He has right now an 89 WRC plus respectable, right? But he's only hitting 281, doesn't have any home runs yet. 11 runs is really good, but he just really doesn't have that power yet. And so I was concerned about him, but I'm not ready to say that I'm concerned about him for the whole season because maybe there is, you know, we talk about the reverse cores effect, right? When you leave Coors Field, it can be an issue, you know, years after. It's a hangover of sorts. But I'm also wondering if there is sort of like a hangover from entering Coors Field. Do you have to learn how to, you know, travel in and out of course field and learn how pitches move differently in and out of course field? So I'm going to give Chris Bryant, you know, another 150 plate appearances before I start getting really nervous about him. The guy that I don't like and have never liked, and I just have never understood the hype around him because he's just really not that good. Randy Arena, man. Mm. Randy Arena is just not that good of a hitter. Last year, he had a 350 Woba, a 128 WRC plus, hit 20 bombs, stole 20 bags. Like that's exciting. But his ex Woba was 302. His hard hit rate was fine, but he puts everything on the ground. And this year, Peter, he's walking just 3% of the time. He has a 60 WRC plus, and his ex Woba is below his Woba. He's hitting 203, has the lowest hard hit rate of his career right now at 32%. And he's hitting. 66% of balls on the ground. That just does not signal a hitter that has any sort of hype in my mind. If he's hitting the ball in the air, maybe he'd hit more home runs and be more exciting. But Randy Rosarain just isn't a fun player to me anymore. And if there's somebody in your league that is still holding on to that incredible postseason, and obviously at 24 home runs last year and sold 20 backs, he still has some value. But I think you could get a better player than Randy Rosarain for Randy Rosarain right now. How about another Ray? And this is my last player I don't like. Mike Zunino sucks. I'm sorry. Like Mike Zunino's just not that good of a player. And I hate it. And this is this is something I hate. Oh, I hate myself. That's such a harsh word. I don't hate myself. Well, I just I kick myself because 
I didn't want Mike Zanino on my top 10 catchers list, but I put him eight because I'm a pussy. Like I'm just soft and I didn't trust my gut. And I'm like, that guy couldn't hit a breaking ball last year. He got lucky on a lot of fastballs and he will not turn out the same season as a 31 year old because he's never proved that he was any good, but just had a great year last year, struck out a ton and he walked. So I was like, oh, maybe has he turned the corner on something? No, he hasn't. He's hitting 083 with a 128 on base percentage and a 111 slugging. One of the worst slash lines in baseball. I thought they were going to spin him to death because he couldn't hit breaking balls, but he was hitting fastballs. So I was like, okay, they're just going to turn the page and spin him to death. No, they're actually throwing him more fastballs. Can't hit anything. He just can't hit at all, Colby. Like he, he's now, he's up to his ground ball rate 10%. Um, he's still hitting fly balls, but it's lower than since 2019. He's hitting the least line drive since 2019. I just don't think Mike Zunino is that good of a player. And if there's somebody in your league that still thinks he's this 35 home run guy, trade him immediately because I'd be surprised if he hits 20. This He's just not going to hit the ball enough to hit 20 home runs. You know, I, I don't really know what I want to say about Mike Zanino, because there's just so many weird things going on with his fan graphs page right now. For one, he hasn't hit a home run, which is crazy because he's a guy that does hit home runs and he should hit more than zero home runs at this point in the season. But he, his fly ball percentage, same as last year, but his average launch angle, Peter 13 degrees compared to 23 degrees last year, he's pulling the ball. Last year, 60% pull rate, which is one reason why he was able to activate on that power pull side and just basically give everything up to hit home runs this year, 35% pull rate. So to me, it just seems like a guy that's really out of his approach at the plate right now. And he's, I don't know if he's pressing to just get a hit, get a home run, but he needs to get back to what he was doing, pulling the ball, hitting the ball in the air and hitting the ball hard again. I agree, though, man. I don't know if he's going to find enough barrels. His 25% barrel rate last year was unreal. He had the highest ISO in baseball last year. So the power is definitely there. Um, so maybe it's a buy low. Maybe it's a sell low. No. Yes, yeah, sell low. And how about the eye test, Colby? How about, as a Yankee fan again, watching all these races? Mike Zanino sucks. Like, just watching him, he doesn't have an approach. He swings and misses and misses the ball by three feet. Can't hit an off-speed pitch to save his life. And Velo's blowing him up. Like, just watching him, there's no real approach. Velo's blowing him up, and he can't hit a breaking ball. I just don't understand how this guy can be a good hitter this year. From 2018 to 2020, in 778 plate appearances, Mike Zanino hit 182, hit just 33 home runs. 68 WRC plus Peter. I agree. I don't know if last year was a fluke. It's looking that way. Last year was a fluke. We're, we're calling it right now. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. But I, I, there is no data. There is nothing I see with my eyes that makes me think, oh yeah, Mike Zunino is just getting unlucky. Not like Trey Mancini where I'm physically watching him line the ball to center field, line the ball to right field, line the ball to left field, to just getting unlucky. And then the numbers back that up. But on the Mike Zunino side, the numbers back up that he sucks, and I'm watching him suck. But regardless, that'll do it for Friday's episode of Not Gambling Advice. We hope you all enjoy the weekend. Get your Just Baseball merch in the episode description. Get in our baseball group chat. Colby and I are on a freaking heater per usual at our bets. I'm 26 and 8 my last 34 picks. He's been on a heater as well. 12 and 2 in my last 14. 
12 and 2 in his last 14. Are you kidding me, people? You're just losing out on money. I mean, it's not gambling advice, but you're losing out on money. Check it out on the chalkboard. That uh, that link is in the episode description as well. Anything else before we go? I think that'll do it, man. I think that'll do it. Give us a follow on Twitter. Those are in the episode description as well. And with that, thank you, everybody.